In the shadow of the towers tall, we remember a day of a tragic fall. With hearts heavy, we recall the sight of the heroes rising in the darkest night. Through the smoke and the rubble sprawl, courageous souls answered the calls. In unity, we stood strong and free in memory of those we couldn't see. September 11th, forever in our hearts, a day when evil tried to tear us apart. But love and resilience in the end always wins. In the face of darkness, we'll always rise again. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Confidence Restored Podcast presented by CC America, also known as Confidence Centers of America and hosted by Tamaria Jordan. This is a show designed to help you build your confidence, increase your faith and get mentally fit to overcome any trials and tribulations you may encounter. Through personal testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation, Tamaria and guests seek to inspire and uplift you. This message is delivered by us, CCing you on lessons learned in hopes of encouraging you regardless of where you are in life. Enjoy the show. And as we think back to 9-11, over 22 years ago, I really thought a lot about my own personal experience. I thought a lot about a lot of things, especially life and the fact that on September 11th, 2001, many individuals left home and they never returned. And then others didn't return the same because of what happened. And so as I thought back and I reflected on those things yesterday, it reminded me of even my own personal experience. So I will share with you all just some images from me in high school, where in 2001, in the spring, my classmates and I actually had an opportunity to visit the Twin Towers. And so you'll see here, this is one image of me standing um, in the Twin Towers. And I remember when I took this picture, because I remember stepping back and looking around at all the people who were there that day. There were individuals just walking around, admiring the sights, looking at the city of New York and New Jersey. And I just remember the fact that there were individuals from different walks of life, different nationalities. There were some individuals in wheelchairs and being at the top of the World Trade Center the year in which 9-11 happened. It's sobering because it was a reminder to me that we were here. We were here taking photos earlier in that year. And as you can see, we were on the observation deck, uh, my classmates and I. and so. To think that it's been 22 years since 9-11 happened, it made me think about the day after. It made me think about the fact that people's lives were changed, mine included. I remember that day like it was yesterday. I remember when we got the phone call as a school and our teachers turned on the television and we watched as the first plane, the first hijacked plane hit the first building. And when we watched it, we watched in disbelief, thinking initially that surely this had to be a mistake. And then we saw the second building get hit and you started to question like, okay, well, was this a mistake or was this intentional? And we were all called down to the auditorium in which our principal let us know at the time that America was under attack. And Thinking about it, being in high school, that's not something that we had ever experienced. I do remember being afraid of war because I remember watching the news as a kid and there were 
things that were happening in the world, but it hadn't hit that close to home. And my heart goes out to anyone who is going through a tough situation right now, especially those who are facing war in situations where they don't know at any given point if when they leave their home that they will return back in the way in which they left. And so I think about those things. And I think about the fact when we were told that America was under attack, I didn't know how to feel. I just know I remember thinking about all the people I saw earlier that year and the photos that I shared with you all from earlier in 2001 when my classmates and I were at the World Trade Center. And so for me, it's a sobering reality because it's what happens in the days, the months, the years after where we reflect on what happened on that day and all of the people whose lives were flipped upside down and the individuals who lost their lives, who paid the ultimate sacrifice um, that, that particular day. And my heart just goes out to them. It goes out to their families. And I just think about the fact that it is only grace and mercy that has kept me. And some people may think about survivor's remorse and think to themselves like, you know what, for the people who were there, who did survive, who may have known individuals who didn't or who may have been there that day and they question why they are still here and why so many other people aren't. And for anyone that has ever felt that way, I had a conversation with a family member earlier and I think that's kind of where the sobering reality even hit me a little bit more because I thought about the fact that we lost a lot of family members at the end of last year. And I can only imagine how painful it was for the individuals who were there, who were at ground zero, who saw the devastation, who experienced what they experienced in the days and months and years after that. Those who lost family members who thought to themselves over and over why it happened to them. And so, like I said, when I thought about all the people that I saw in the World Trade Center earlier that spring, I just thought about all the countless lives and the people who didn't have that opportunity. And so that survivor's remorse, I think about even now when you think about individuals who may be getting laid off, there's a feeling of why why am why am i blessed or why did that not happen to me when i was there when that could have happened and so i thought about that today and in the conversation i had with my family i ended up crying because i thought about the fact that i am still here but someone isn't and i was reminded of the scripture that says god reigns on the just and unjust and we had a, a conversation about faith and i think about america and the fact that even on our currency, it says, in God, we trust. And when you face something like that, it is hard sometimes to trust God. And so when I think about the title of even this show, Confidence Restored, when I think about confidence, I think about faith. And so when I think about the word restoration, when we think about 9-11, there is no bringing things back to where they were pre-2001. A lot has changed since then. But when I think about the term restoration, it is the act of restoring, renewal, revival, or reestablishment. And it is the state or fact of being restored. And while you cannot erase what happened, you cannot 
replace those who have been lost. There is something to be said about where we are 22 years later and the fact that as a country, we have been able to unite and have courage to move forward and have resilience and be able to bounce back from everything that was sent to try to destroy us. And so today I listened to Isaiah 41 and starting in verse nine, it says, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant. And this is essentially when in the Bible, it was a message to Israel, God's servant, Jacob, whom was chosen as a descendant of Abraham. So again, he was called as his servant. And it says, I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And when I think about where we are today, and I think about as a country, how we reunited in those times of trial, in those times of turmoil, and we helped and encouraged one another. 22 years later, I am grateful for the people who still keep the memory of life for those who lost their lives and for everything that that day was and everything that that day meant and still means to us. And I think about our country again and the fact that we say in God we trust, yet at times when it's rough, we go back to God and, and we pray and we say, you know what, I I want others to pray for this nation, to pray for the people. And then when we are in pe times of peace, we forget where our help comes from and we forget to cover our nation. We get to, we forget to cover ourselves, our children, our family, our friends. And so I started thinking about that today and the sobering reality of the fact that we have as a country changed a lot as a result of that day. But sometimes we forget and it's easy to fall back into the trap. It's easy to say, why me? And again, like the word says that God reigns on the just and unjust. And I don't know why that day happened. And, you know, like I talked about earlier, the survivor's remorse, like, some individuals, even when you think about Job's life, he lost it all. It was restored, but he lost it all. He went through so much and people were trying to, especially his friends, figure out why is this happening to you? And even if I'm not mistaken, his wife had told him to curse God and like pretty much just like give up, but he didn't. And so when I think about life I think about 9-11. I think about the sobering reality that it is, that many individuals did not come home and that many individuals' lives were 
shaken and, and flipped upside down. And I think about the many losses that we've had as a family and the impact. And I, I really got emotional yesterday as I thought about the impact. And I said, how do we help people who feel helpless or who feel hopeless? Because life is not easy. It is tough. And there are days where you're going to be frustrated. There are days where you might be angry, but it reminds us in the word to not fear. And so fast forwarding to Isaiah 43, it talks about Israel's only savior. And I started even looking up the descendants of Jacob and Israel and and Jacob's name was, uh, he was referred to as Israel was changed. But I thought about life and I thought about all of us as people being descendants from even the beginning of time and that we can stand on this word and we can stand on this truth and have faith and know God for ourselves. And I encourage you to read the word for yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart and show you what it is that you're supposed to see. But when I read chapter 43, starting in verse one, it says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who, he who formed you, Israel. And in this particular place, speaking of the place, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your steed. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witness to prove they were right so that others may hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I even, I am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days, I am he. No one can deliver you out of my hand when I act. Who can reverse it? And so I started to think about that. And I thought about the fact that there is a promise there. We are children of God. And he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid because we are redeemed. And even when we go through trials, even when we go through tribulation, we can trust that we are precious still in his sight and that he loves us. 
and that we don't have to be afraid because of whose we are, not who we are, whose we are. Because aside from God, when I think about just the pain of that day of 9-11 and the pain that people face every day, there's so much going on in the world. I pray for the people in Morocco, the individuals in Ukraine who are still facing war. There are people all over this world that are hurting. There were stories of murders recently of young children in the North and the Northern Virginia area in, in DC and Maryland yesterday. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, have mercy on us and help us through this time. But in Luke 21, it tells us that these things will come, but that we must watch and pray that there will be wars, rumors of wars, and individuals will turn on each other. And as much as we don't want those things to be true, we can hold on to the word that says that in those times that we should pray without ceasing because we don't get to dictate what happens in any given day. But the one thing that really helps me maintain my faith is trusting in what the word says. Because when I think about like life now, it's so much happening that I'm like, if I didn't have hope, I don't know what I would have. If I didn't have faith, if I didn't believe, it would be easy to give up and throw in the towel and say, what is the point? And don't get me wrong. I've had those moments where I'm like, God, what is the point? Like, you know, what, why, why are these things happening? But in Luke 21, it says, starting in verse 32, truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the son of man. And when I read that, it gave me hope that even in the midst of so much evil, the individuals who decided to do what they did on 9-11, it was not from a place of love to take another person's life that you didn't create. That is selfish because you are now playing God in someone else's life. And so when I think about the intersection of Luke 21 reminding us to watch and pray always because there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. And the more and more I look at the news and I think about what's happening in the world, it's a reminder. But in Isaiah 43, verse 19, it says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I think about everything that transpired since 9-11 and all the individuals who have been pained, who are still in pain um, for those individuals that they have lost. And for the country who shifted so many practices and policies and changed how we do things. But we have to remember where we come from. We have to remember who we are. We have to remember whose we are, 
Because literally, if we don't, our very hope, our resilience, our ability to be restored, revived, renewed, it takes a hit. And when you go through life and you go through life experiences and you face losses, it is easy to want to give up and throw in the towel. Trust me when I say I understand and my heart goes out to anyone that feels helpless and or hopeless. But in chapter 44 of Isaiah, it says, but now listen, Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you, do not be afraid. Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in the meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord's, and will take the name Israel. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yes, let them foretell what will come. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. And we've seen this as a theme starting back in Isaiah 41. And even there are plenty of places in the Bible where it reminds us, do not be afraid. Do not fear because fear, God has not given us a spirit of fear. In Timothy, it reminds us that, but he's given us a mind of power, of love and soundness. But it says in verse eight, do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. All who make idols are nothing and the things they treasure are worthless. Those who would speak up for them are blind. They are ignorant to their own shame. Who shapes a God and casts an idol which can profit nothing? People who do that will be put to shame. Such craft, craftsmen are only human beings. Let them all come together and take their stand. They will be brought down to terror and shame. The blacksmiths take a tool and works with it in, it, in the coals. He shapes an idol with hammers. He forges it with the might of his arm. He gets hungry and loses his strength. He drinks no water and grows faint. The carpenter measures with the line, makes an outline with a marker. He roughs it out with chisels and marks it with compasses. He shapes it in human form, human form in all its glory, that it may dwell in a shrine. He cut down cedars or perhaps took a cypress or oak. He let it grow among the trees of the forest or planted a pine and the rain made it grow. It is used as fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself, warms himself, excuse me. He kindles a fire and bakes bread, but he also fashions a God and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. Half of the wood he burns in the fire, over it he prepares his meal. He roasts his meats and eats his fill. He also warms himself and says, ah, I am warm. I see the fire. From the rest, he makes a God his idol. He bows down to it and worships. He prays to it and says, save me. You are my God. 
They know nothing. They understand nothing. Their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see and their minds closed so they cannot understand. No one stops to think. No one has the knowledge or understanding to say. Half of it I use for fuel. I even baked bread over its coals. I roasted meat and I ate. Shall I make a detestable thing from what is left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? Such a person feeds on ashes. A deluded heart misleads him. He cannot save himself or say, is not this thing in my right hand a lie? Remember these things, Jacob, for you, Israel, are my servant. I have made you. You are my servant, Israel. I will not forget you. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Sing for joy, you heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, you earth beneath. Burst into song, you mountains, you forest and all you trees. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob. He displays his glory in Israel. And when I thought about this, and I thought about the fact that, like I said earlier, when we think about the sobering reality of what it was on 9-11, right after it, immediately after these things, we always pray. We say, God bless this nation. Let's pray. And God, we trust. But in times where it's been a little while, and in this case, it's been 22 years, we often get distracted with idols and we get distracted thinking that we can save ourselves. But it is easy to get weighed down with the cares of the world, like it says in Luke 21. These things will come on us. These things will happen around us. But this message is really a reality check for me and hopefully for whomever this message is meant to reach, but also a reminder that we have to always be on watch and pray that we may be able to escape that all is about to happen and all that has been happening all that has, all that will, so that one day when we transition from this earth, that we may be able to stand before the Son of Man. And I've really been thinking about this a lot. Um, And trust me, I'm not saying I'm trying to go anywhere anytime soon. I pray that God would bless me with many more years, but it's a sobering reality. Like how I started this this episode and I talked about the fact that those individuals left on 9-11 heading to work, probably saying goodbye to their family, kissing their kids, talking on the phone, thinking about what they were going to do the rest of the week, maybe the weekend, but that day never came. And so I encourage whomever it is today to be reminded to watch and pray because life is happening. Life is happening fast. And it is only by grace and mercy that we are here. It is only by grace and mercy that we have breath in our lungs, that we are able to wake up every day and keep going. So I encourage you, don't be discouraged. Because as we read in Isaiah, it reminds us over and over and over, do not fear. And it's easier said than done when you look at everything that's happening all around us. But Luke 21 reminds us, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down. 
or we will get caught up with the anxieties of life. And then we will try to find a way to soothe the pain, the pain that people felt after 9-11, the pain of losing a loved one, the pain of things never being the same, the pain of witnessing what happened that day, the pain of having survivor's remorse. Those things are real. And if you need to talk to someone, a therapist, by all means, do what you have to do for you and trust that God will make a way that we don't have to fear, but that we can trust that God is always near. He is with us, even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of the craziness that we see. I trust and believe that I am a descendant of the Most High and that the promises in the word of God apply to me and my bloodline, declaring, not taking on the lies of the enemy, because that's easy to take on. The enemy tells us a lot of stuff all the time. And oftentimes we believe it. And we literally will just, we will accept whatever the enemy tells us. Um, The last episode I did was called, Who Told You You Were Naked? And in Genesis 3, the enemy, that's what he does. He gives us a little bit of the truth, but he doesn't give us the whole truth. He doesn't tell us the consequences of our actions, the consequences of having these idols, these things, these images, or we, we start to worship God's hand and we start to lose sight of wanting the real relationship with God. And so the premise of Confidence Restored, I honestly thought that this show was going to be um, about confidence, about feeling good about yourself, about um, how you go through life and you achieve all your goals. And while that is some of it, I've learned in my own struggles, in my own trials, that how we triumph over the enemy is through the power of our testimony and sharing the fact that, hey, it's not always easy. It's okay. It's It's not. <laughs> It's not easy, but it doesn't mean that we can't make it. It doesn't mean that we can't keep going. It doesn't mean that we can't move ahead in faith and have resilience and come together and believe that God is real and that God is for us and not against us. We live on earth. We live in a fallen world, which we knew that once Adam and Eve ate from the tree of life. We know that there is set times in in the Bible um, about what we will do. There's a time, like it says, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's a time to uproot. So it's in Ecclesiastes 3 because there's times, different times. And That is what we're experiencing now is the times. There's a time for everything. And starting in verse one, it says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance 
a time to scatter stones and time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love, time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Whatever is has already been and what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. And I saw something else under the sun. In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, wickedness was there. I said to myself, God will bring judgment, both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. I also said to myself, as for humans, God test them so that they may see they are like the animals. Surely the fate of human beings is like that of the animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so dies the other. All have the same breath. Humans have no advantage over animals. Everything is meaningless and all go to the same place. All come from dust into dust, all return. Who knows if the human spirit rises upward and if the spirit of the animal goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better for a person than to enjoy their work because there is their lot. For who can bring them to see what will happen after them? And for some, they may read that and think to themselves, hmm, that doesn't sound happy. That doesn't sound like, you know, something that, is exciting, but it's the sobering reality of life. We all came from dust and we will return to dust, but it's what we do in between that matters. It's like it says in Luke 21, will we be able to stand before the son of man? And also Isaiah, it talks about that. It talks about God and the importance of having God in our lives, because aside from that and apart from that, I personally feel like life would be empty because life is hard, but I have to hope that when we leave this earth, that there is hope for eternal life. And I heard someone say that they would rather believe in God and find out he doesn't exist than to not believe in God and find out he does. And I said, that is so true especially when you think about heaven and hell and uh, the family member we were talking today, we were just talking about a lot of things. And we even talked about the fact that, you know, in believing in, in heaven and believing that God is sending his spirit down to individuals to share and encourage individuals in this time. And You notice that in Ecclesiastes, it talks about fear, but the only fear it talks about is revering the Lord, fear of the Lord, not fear of what happens on this earth, because we knew what would happen. But we can trust that God's word will not 
come to him void, that we will be able to see him again if we trust in our hearts and believe that his son died on the cross for our sins and we confess that Jesus is Lord. And so I just hope that um, in the midst of the trials, in, a, in the midst of the trouble, that you will still focus on the good and knowing that God is going to still be with you, even in the midst of the craziness that we see on this earth, the things that we see, a lot of the stuff that we focus on in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't. But what is more important is the relationship that we have with God and that we trust that everything that everything matters. It matters to him. It matters even when we don't feel like it does. It matters when we go through loss, when we go through grief. It matters even though it's hard. Even though sometimes we're just like, you know what? I want to throw in the towel. But we can trust that he loves us even in the midst of living in a fallen world, even in the midst of making mistakes and making plenty of them, (laughs) speaking from personal experience, but trusting that one day we will be reunited in heaven because he cares for us. And the enemy would want us to live in fear and think that nothing matters, but it does. Those individuals who made the decision to take the lives of those individuals on 9-11, they have to stand before God and answer for that. They have to answer. And there was a period where I was talking to God and I was just like, it seems that the, the people who are evil get away with these things. And I was getting a little frustrated, to be honest. Like, how is it possible that they can even have time to carry out their wicked deeds? Like, why can't it be stopped? And because we live in a fallen world, I get that. And that's why I say confidence restored. Because even for me, I get weary and I get tired and I'm wondering and I'm questioning, like, why is this happening? Why is this possible that someone would even have the opportunity to take someone else's life? What gives them that right? What gives them that right? And I was frustrated and I was like, this is not fair. It is not right. But the word reminds us that there is no rest for the wicked. It reminds us in a few um in a few chapters. And it's interesting that even with regard to that, what we see sometimes, we think that that they're getting away with it. We think they're getting away with it. But they're not. 
those individuals who do evil things, they will one day have to answer for that. And in Hebrews 4, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. That includes you and I. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. There will be a time where there must, where there will be an account. And the last uh, chapter that I will end with is Revelation 22. And it's Eden Restored. And I mentioned earlier at the start of this, the definition of restored. And the funny thing is, I didn't know where this was going to go. And I was just like, Holy Spirit, give me the words. And also, I, I often find that these messages are for me too, because I've really been struggling with the evil that is in the world and the things that happen. And I think to myself, why? 9-11, why? The sobering reality of all those people. And I think to myself, why? But I trust God. And I get emotional when I think about it because I'm like, so many people are, our hearts are heavy, but it reminds us to watch and pray always. We may feel burdened by life, but we can hold on to the word. The word will not return to God void. And as I've seen God, work in my life. The fact that in 2001, I stood on the 107th floor, but I was able to come home. There's a lot of people who did it. It's a sobering reality. Revelation 22, Eden restored. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in the scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does not 
who does right continue to do right and let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, sexual immorality, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for, for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described. And if anyone takes words from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share of the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. My hope and prayer for you all today is that you will get to know God for yourself, that you will read the word for yourself, and that you will ask God to reveal revelation, to give you revelation through the Holy Spirit regarding your life and what you should do and what you need to hear when you need to hear it. Because even for me, I do this because I felt led to start it um, several years ago and it was out of trials and tribulation. It was out of a tough time in my life. And even when I started blogging many years ago, again, that was out of a tough time because I realized that if I'm feeling this way, other people are probably feeling this way too. And the Bible said that he will give us time, time to get it right. But sometimes we don't have that time because we take it for granted and we forget that we are only here for a short while. So the time that we are here, we have to make it count, have to make it count. And I wasn't planning on going the direction that I that I went in, but I thank God for the Holy Spirit and for guidance and for going down this path because it's encouraging, even in the midst of the sobering reality of life, which is we don't know the day nor the hour in which we will be called home. But what we can do is realize that apart from God, we can't save ourselves. There is nothing we can do to save ourselves, to add any time to our life by worrying. And so that's why it says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious for anything. Trust that God will make a way. And so it's easy to worry. It's easy to get bogged down. It's easy to be hopeless when things are the way that they are. But here we stand. Thank you, God. Thank you for the revelation. 22 years later, what have we learned? 
And the Bible ends in Revelation chapter 22. So do with that what you will. I will say pray that God and the Holy Spirit will minister to your heart, soul, and mind. And I thank you for joining me on this journey of restoring confidence, a.k.a. faith, in who God says we are, what God says we can be, what God says we can achieve, and what God says we will have if we trust, if we repent for our sins, and if we confess that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart. So on that note, I pray that you would keep on keeping on and keep your head up, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the sobering reality that is life, that we can be restored. We can be healed. We can be renewed. But remember that Jesus is coming back and he is coming back for you and I. Will we be ready? Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to another live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. We are grateful that you tune in week after week and join us for testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. Please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe and let others know that you are listening to the Confidence Restored podcast. You can also now buy us a coffee to show appreciation at buymeacoffee.com forward slash CC America. Until next time, be blessed.